following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Well, beam me up, Chris, and we are here for another TCT Talking Cowboys Tuesday, sponsored by Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, we got to get strong with strong that. Right with that. Dip. I didn't want to knock the, I didn't want to knock the plate hand. over. Don't, don't. Okay, I got you. I appreciate okay. you, dog. You yeah, know, you, you gotta, don't know your strength. You got to be you gotta smooth. <laughs> we're gonna dip with that strong hand. The strong, too. Hand. The strong hand. We're gonna get to the strong hand. We got a lot of We got the strong hand hey. to talk about, all right. Hey, it's also America's chip for America's team, right? Ooh. Is that what's on top of Thank that you thing? for not getting me in any trouble because you're absolutely <laughs> hey, right. Man. That is hey, what the hey, reads. That's what the brothers are supposed to do. I just want to make sure. I don't want to get someone off the top rope, man. Macho man style. Beamer was off the top rope. He definitely pulled the leg of the person about the pin, you know. He just pulled their legs, smooth them underneath them. That's the Let's go. Thank you guys for joining us this afternoon on Talking Cowboys. And guys, we got 60 minutes Mm. of nothing but Cowboys business to handle right now. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We got some business to handle. And look. The owner and general manager. Well, before I get to any of that, let me let me because I'm I need to slow down, Jim. Excited, shoes. man. Right. I am. I it's am right. a little excited. I'm here with my brothers, my usual suspect, mm-hmm. my guy who has his own island. He Ooh. is Rob P. Trinidad P. Ooh. All gold, everything. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Trinidad P. Island. Rob Phillips uh, and. My guy, always to my right, mm. are in front of me. Mm. Former Cowboy and Super Bowl champion and gym owner. Mm. The champ is here. Mm. The champ is here. Isaiah Standback, brother. How are you guys doing I'm today? Well, man. We're good. We're good. And you know what? What? Kyle's doing his thing out of town. Why? But he's in spirit yeah. with yes, us right is. now. They just passed the postseason overtime rule for Kyle just now. Oh, in Florida. Both they, teams. They, at the spring meeting. That they do exactly what he was asking for, it's, it's probably going to make Everybody me sick a if they did. I don't know the total ins and outs, but it says both teams now get a possession in the postseason OT, not mm. regular season. Mm. Somehow, I think that's going to change after next season. <laughs> They're not going to be pleased with that either. Yes, and Kyle Yeomans is in New York visiting his fiance's family, uh, who's probably threatening him every 30 minutes. Uh, so good luck with that, Kyle. We will make sure that we do a good job in your absence. But, guys, let's talk about it. Uh, Had an opportunity to uh, hear the interview from uh, owner and general manager Jerry Jones in Florida. He was holding court with the media and had some things to say about how he is putting this team together. But I thought what was most interesting was his discussion uh, on evaluating between 10 to 11 players in the harsh, well, the, the difficult decisions that he had ahead. And, P, I'm going to start with you, but what were your thoughts on the interview, man? Well, we, you're right. We got some insight on why Amari Cooper's not here anymore, why Randy Gregory is not here anymore. And it does come down to what you just said. He talked about how if you've got 10 or 11 guys taking up two thirds of your salary cap, you got to get your bang for your buck. Now we can we can debate whether you know like an Amari Cooper is featured enough in the offense to get the bang for the buck. That's a whole separate discussion with Amari, but that's he feels good about what their cap situation now is. And I actually scribbled this down with some chicken scratch. We are better with our money, with our resources. We are better. We're in better shape than we were this time last year. So basically, and I mentioned this last week. What they did with Randy's money, which was going to be roughly, I think, fourteen a year, fourteen million a year, they re-signed a bunch of guys and brought in Dante Fowler and James Washington and fit that under the cap because they do have a lot of needs. Quantity, quantity is kind of what they've been going for. And look, you can debate whether that's the right strategy or not, 
but that's 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 where he's coming from. And, and in the words of Stephen Jones, we, we we got three players for one player. So Isaiah, I turn to you, and I want to ask you philosophically, as Ooh. as a front office, yeah. uh, with the substitutions, the addition by subtraction that they made mm. uh, over the last couple of weeks. Where are you? Uh, as far as the way that this thing is starting to shape up roster-wise going into this season, are you think you think they're making the right moves? These are tough decisions that they're making. Are these decisions that you would have made if you had that hat? No, no, no. Um, they're not decisions that I would have made, but I understand it. You know, and I and I always I'm always from the stance that you don't have to like the decisions that are being made, but you have to understand them and you got to respect them. And I think that's where I'm at right now in Cowboys Nation. I think that Jerry Jones and the rest of the squad are doing a great job. I think I said that last week in terms of creating value. They are doing a great job in that. People don't like to hear that because the superstars have left the building. Some of the superstars have left the building, and I understand the attachment to that. The big-name players, guys with big contracts that followed, guys weren't being utilized uh, to the value in which they were being paid, and that's the angle that he's speaking from. I don't believe he's speaking from the standpoint, I hope he's not speaking from the standpoint saying that these players weren't worth what they were getting paid. I do believe that he's standing behind it and saying, at least from my perspective, they just weren't utilizing them. So if you have a dually truck, right, you got a Ford, you know, F-350. You got tires. And, you know, you got you got the dually, and you, you're putting gas in it. Good sponsor. You, yeah, but, but yeah, great sponsor. It, <laughs> but if you don't, if you're only driving to the grocery store, what's the point of having a big boy truck? Right. If you're not if you're not putting anything in the back of the truck, if you're not pulling anything, there's no point of having a truck. Go get a golf cart, right? Or go get some. Go get some small. They weren't utilizing their big boy, you know, in terms of coop. He was capable of so much, but they weren't utilizing him. So, if you're not going to utilize him, get rid of that and use that money elsewhere. And I think that's exactly where Jerry Jones is coming from when he was speaking about the, uh, speaking on those matters. And I think they've done a great job of, of finding value with those funds that they were going to have tied up. And, and, and Randy's a little bit of a different story because that deal was damn near done. Yes. I, verbally not signed, but, but they wanted, and I think they went up from what they were offering initially to get that done. And then we talked about it last week. There was yeah. whatever happened there. That I think obviously Randy's side was not happy with some of the language in the contract, whatever. And and but it, Jerry talked about how there was still some discussion that it might get done. He spoke to that yesterday, and then ultimately said El Paso. We're we're, we're going to pass on that. And we're going to we're going to move on, and we're going to fill holes with that money with multiple players. And, and and Amari, they just want they clearly they just wanted to move on from money-wise. And, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, man, because when I read the word El Paso, I'm going to use that in everything that I do from <laughs> now on. That's thing now. When I'm at the butcher block, when they El offer Chapo. me something, I'm going to say El Paso. <laughs> don't say El Chapo. <laughs> don't say El Chapo. But at the same, I mean, to me, that was, I just, reading in between the lines, uh, that was, you know, hit the road, Jack, in, in Jerry's terms. And it seemed like Randy Gregory was the one with all the beef by not signing. We heard so much from him uh, basically saying that, look, you know, these guys tried to cut in language and stuff like that. But but Jerry just made it seem like I, I just wasn't going to do what they were asking me to do, especially if they wanted more money. Is that the take that you got from it? Or did you think that it was just one of those things where it got contentious and he threw his hands up? I haven't. I have not asked anyone since I heard that. But I, my first thought was it probably had something to do with the structure of the con, the language. Like maybe maybe if they taken some of their standard stuff out, then maybe Randy would have come back. Um, that apparently that was that's not part of the Denver's offer. That that language wasn't in there yeah. about forfeiture language and all that stuff. And Randy said, "Well, I'm you know, nah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this mo- offer. I'm yeah. gonna move off of that." And, and that's that's the, the the weird thing about it was after the the start, it came out that this is language that is universal. Everyone sort of has that in their contract, and Randy just obviously wasn't having it. But guys, if you've paid attention to the the fan base, they are pissed off. Hey, there's no other way to put it. They are disappointed. In years past, I don't think I've ever seen in years past who? the Cowboy fans just pissed off at the front office uh, by moves that they're making or not making, free agent acquisitions and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't done that in in a decade or so, not making a splash. Do you have faith up until this point that there will be some type of big trade happening, a free agent acquisition, or do you think they are fooling themselves by thinking that they can get everything that they need in the draft? I don't think they're done. 
I don't think they're done. I don't know how many more big splashes. I think if you're going to get a big splash, I believe that it would come in the form of like a Bobby Wagner. I think okay. that's what, and I don't think that they have the money to spend on Bobby Wagner. So that would be a big splash. So I think that they obviously have some key areas that need to get shored up. Some players are no longer available on the offensive line front. Guys have been getting scooped up left and right. So I, it doesn't seem as if they're th- that that uh, uh, aggressive in that nature. But you're seeing some of these numbers also that guys are getting. And the reality is their salary cap situation doesn't allow for them to go out and sign the big boys that everybody wants. That's the reality. Everybody that is, that you have circled on your list that you want on this team is going to demand big boy money. I mean, we're talking at least probably $15 million a year for most of these guys. Do they have that? No, sir, Bob. So the reality is the Cowboys are going to have to build this team through the draft or through some trades, which the trades are not likely at this point in time. So you're going to have to go find some talent that's sitting around at the house that didn't get the big money that they were hoping for, right? Free agents, you know, like like Vanderesh, right? Vanderesh, they say, hey, go out there and test it out. Oh, there's no, there's nobody out there. Okay, yeah, come on back home, right? right. So they're going to have to look for some guys like that that are just sitting around hoping for the big opportunities and then scoop them up on some on some very friendly deals. But that's how they're going to have to add some veteran depth as well as adding some players through the draft. But there are some very key roles and positions that have to be addressed, and those are very risky picks in the draft. You start talking about tackle positions. You start you start talking about you know uh, you know linebackers. You know the key guys in the linebacker rush guys. These are guys that you you can swing and miss. You can swing and miss. If you hit it, you hit it. But there's a high probability, you know, even in baseball, 300 is a good batting percentage, but you're still missing 7 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're done either in free agency, but I don't, I don't see a, a huge swing and yeah. a, a, a game-changing guy come in through free agency. I think their draft meetings start Monday, and I think that's the larger focus will shift to that pretty soon. Um, Mike McCarthy was on a conference call with the media. He did not go to the spring meetings in Florida this week. <sighs> Dave Hellman was on the phone with him. Shout out to Dave for helping us out there. DH. Um, and and he, they're going to Bama's Pro Day tomorrow. You know, he's he's going to be knee-deep in draft stuff. But I, I think they've still got things to do in free agency. they got to get a kicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were hopeful to re-sign Greg Zerline on a yep. more probably more team-friendly deal. That did not happen. He went to the Jets. Um, he acknowledged that that interior offensive line guard, you know, center, wherever is a spot where they could use some help in free agency. If it presents itself, I know, you know, but like you said, who's, who's out there. Will Hernandez just signed with the Cardinals. He was a guy that could be kind of, you know, you, I think you could view him as a, as a stop gap, a cover, cover yourself guy, bridge player, bridge player and then <laughs> yeah. go into the, that's the way they do this. I mean, that's yeah. James Washington. Perfect example for the receiver position going in. Um, those are two spots that stand out right away. And, uh, but but yeah, I think the heavy lifting at this point's got to go through the draft. But we've got a Pro Bowler signed since we has met, correct? Didn't we sign a Pro Bowler back? Which Pro Bowler? Oh yes, freaking anger. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, your guy. I mean, come yeah. on. Of course we got it. How are you just gonna just disregard a we Pro Bowler? Dis- we didn't disregard. There's only nobody. two of them in the whole league. My my bad. Yes, anger is back. Anger the kicker is back. All right. Three million a year. Two, he's one of the top two players in the world. I'm sorry if I didn't just, you know. Yay! <laughs> That's important. Hey, hey, I know, but he changed the dynamic of this defense last year. He helped them out a ton. Tell you what, there were some games in December, I'm thinking New Orleans, Jeez. where they just couldn't get anything going consistently <laughs> offensively. He was a big part of them winning these ugly games down the stretch. But yeah, Field position, ball control, we did a yep. lot of that. Um, yep. But nothing sexy. So far, no, no, <laughs> nothing sexy, and it's one of those. It's one of those times in the off season. All I got a picture of the night professor when, when his wife tried to come out on sex. He said, "What are you doing with that curtain on?" <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing sexy happening right now, and I think from the outside looking in, everyone is kind of like, "How do you think you're going to fare with this?" And it, it going coming into 2021, no one had the expectations, especially with the defensive line. I think you still kind of had some confidence in your offensive line that was probably misplaced but I think that's where you had the most confidence but just from the outside looking in it just seems as though status quo may not get the Cowboys where they need to be because if you look around the NFC East they're getting other teams are getting better I mean they have the cap space and they are bringing in players 
that that doesn't make you nervous to think that oh we're just staying status quo right now and not making any strides. No, it makes me nervous. It does. It does because and while they have signed a couple guys to fill some spots and it allows them to be a little bit more flexible with their cap like they want to be. Um, it, it, like okay, like to your point. This time every year, fans complain on Twitter, and and especially my my mailbag inbox. I'm kind of doing this when I'm opening the screen, and because it's because it, it's, it's tough. But I think you're right. Like I think, I think fans are even more frustrated. At least a group of fans on, that we see on social media are because you throw in not only their strategy, and you can debate whether it's the right strategy to to have in free agency, but they they've lost Amari Cooper, they lost Lau Collins. They lost Randy Gregory, and and there have not been signings or additions that make you feel like, well, we upgraded. Certainly not upgraded. You filled the spots, but you know, but like Jerry said, we weren't better. Yes, yesterday he said we weren't better before the draft until we got Micah Parsons or until we got Ceedee Lamb two years ago. I think they're, they're saying wait and see. We're not we're not done yet. But no, I mean, they're. It's hard to look at this roster right now and say, well, they're, they're better than they were last year. I, I don't see that. On but, paper, I don't see that. And some of that frustration also stems from the fact that you see how other teams are getting more bang for their bucks. And, I, and I'm just saying, like, mm, the, Tariq, the, trades, the huh. Tariq Hill trade. Mm. I mean, think about what Miami gave up Whew. for him and what we got for Amari Cooper. What about Adams? That's a whole other subject. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, why did we why did we give up so much leverage at, at, in that situation, even with Leo Collins. I mean, we basically let this guy walk, uh, and we gave up a first for Coop, got a fifth for him, and, it, I mean, literally, like, we're not – and even with Randy Gregory, mm-hmm. not able to get anything. If he's going to leave, we're not even – it's not a sign and trade. He basically essentially goes – and we get nothing. Well, Randy's different, yeah, because he's unrestricted and he could just he could just walk. Um, the Amari one, I think people look at that one eye open right now because the Tyreek news that happened with with Miami, um, uh, Devonte Adams goes to to Vegas and and they get a nice haul of draft picks, right? I mean, I think those guys are. I think the difference is those guys are top five, like game-changing players. Now, this is this is going to probably sound like a, a knock on Amari Cooper. It's not because I think they should have kept Amari Cooper. But those guys are were, have been game-changing players for, for teams that have won Super Bowls or competed for Super yep. Bowls lately. And I think that's that's where the difference is. Um, and it's kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. You know? and, and Amari, he didn't have a big year last year. We can debate why. But I think it's I think those guys are considered at a different level. Plus the Cowboys, it was well known the Cowboys were probably going to move on from Amari if they, heard. you know. And and I don't, there wasn't any report out there that oh they're you know the Chiefs are going to cut Tyreek Hill. I mean I don't yeah. think that was going to happen. I, I, think, I think the Cowboys gave up a lot of leverage by letting that information kind of leak out. And Isaiah, I guess I, my my question to you as a wide receiver, and you, you if the Cowboys already knew they were going to move off of Amari Cooper, why not get something? bigger for a guy that you put a first you traded a first for yeah. and then you see later that teams are getting you know first second third I mean future picks and I like what you said you know these guys are game-changing receivers but I'm sorry when we got Amari Cooper wasn't that the thought process that he was that game-changing oh, guy and, and if he's not and he was for 2018 he was the reason you got to the playoffs so I mean Let's say three through five. Where is Amari Cooper in the list of great wide receivers in the NFL? But I kind of look at it just just to finish up. To me, there's it's like talking about quarterbacks. Like there's a difference between like Dak's an excellent. I think he's an excellent quarterback, but there's different levels. Like there's got. There's levels to this. There's Rodgers, Brady's. You know, and then to me, that's where Amari is below. Those guys and what they've done the last couple years. I think that's and and the Cowboys obviously feel the same way because they didn't. They weren't willing to push money into future years on Amari's deal and say, hey, you're yeah. going to be part of our future. They felt like, based on the production, we're going to move on. I agree. I, I think Tyreek Hill is obviously he got what he should have gotten. I mean, he's that dynamic of a player. You look at Devontae Adams, he's that dominant of a player. Amari Cooper is very capable. I'm not putting him in that same conversation with them simply because those guys – just single-handedly can disrupt the game. I think Amari Cooper can too, but they can in any system. So, to that point, 
yes, I feel like the Cowboys still should have gotten more value for him. Now, should would they have been able to get a first and all these other? No, but they should have at least been able to get a, a third round pick for him. A couple of third round picks, you know, but I think that it would have needed to happen during the season because as soon as the season ended, word got out and they, everybody's looking at their salary cap issues. Amari's chances are he's probably not going to, he's not being utilized. It doesn't seem like Kellen Moore cares for him. You know, whatever, all these rumors about what he possibly said about that, all this kind of stuff just started coming about and you just realized that you were losing all your leverage in terms of your ability to actually trade him away because teams were like, well, we'll just wait for him to become a free agent. Yeah, I agree. Mainly that, but but I I also wonder maybe if his contract has something to do with it because he's got three years left on a deal that a team some team has to absorb. Devontae Adams is on the franchise tag. You can rip that up and 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 sign him to yeah. whatever you want. And Tyreek was on a very team friendly one year left on his contract too. I think it's a little different uh, when you look at it financially. Maybe Cleveland's happy. Cleveland's very happy. Uh, Yeah, they are. And obviously, they're going to use Amari Cooper a lot differently (laughs) than than we did. Uh, And and I I like what you just brought up, just the details of how those guys' contracts were expiring and obviously on the franchise tag. And those guys were completely different. Our guys, meaning the guys that were here. Uh, But I love what you said as well when you led off by saying that, look, it's like having a a dually that you only use to go to the grocery store, and now you send it to Cleveland, and it's a car hauler. It's doing all the – it's hauling horses and eggs. and and everything else back there. You got – showing you how (laughs) – basically showing you how to use this thing, and and I think that's exactly where uh, things are going. And – for us, I think that the, the fan base is really ticked off about the lack of compensation uh, that we could have gotten. Uh, what are you about to say? Do you think Amari Cooper's happy right now? I think he is today. I think he is. He, he probably. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a terrific quarterback. He's. I mean, they're going to be a good offense. I, I think he wanted to stay here, though. He did. And, and you know, you saw the Cowboys or the Browns restructured his deal as soon as they, they brought him in. It wouldn't have surprised me if Amari would have been willing to do what Tank did to stay Mm. and and get a new restructured deal, maybe take a little less. You don't think that was presented to him? I think they're ready to move on, honestly. And, and and it's not that they don't think he's a good quarterback, but again, it's the it's the value and all that stuff. And and if you look at if they were to restructure, we talked about this in the mailbag today, Nick and I. If they were to restructure and push more money down where his cap figure's ballooning in a couple of years, well, then all of a sudden CeeDee Lamb's deal is up. And so how do you make that that work? And they're willing to say, look, CeeDee Lamb can be our number one guy. Whether we're skeptical of that or not, <laughs> we've, we've covered this. But they're willing to do that. And they, I think they think they can go in the draft and find another Michael Gallup. And Mike gets healthy, he's your number two, and then we develop another young guy. Because they've done it. They've done it in the past. They've drafted two receivers that, that they both feel good about. Well, they feel they feel firmly in their be- beliefs and have moved Coop on the dully. I will always associate a dully with him as long as I as long as I see him. But you open up. We talked about uh, Mike McCarthy being absent for the uh, annual meetings. But I want to talk in the next segment, guys, about why are, is everyone so comfortable? disrespecting Mike McCarthy and should he use his strong hand on someone coming up next here on TCT (laughs) there's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you Verilux for super sharp vision essential blue for protection and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens so whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. 
and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United, United Ag, Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboy fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life. Starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details and to join today. Back in action here. On a TCT Tuesday, talking Cowboys. We obviously get, got through the first segment successfully. Everyone is uh, letting, let, letting their true feelings be known about how the roster uh, is being put together. But Coach Mike McCarthy was not at the annual meetings. And they took the pictures of all of the head coaches. And <laughs> Was he hanging out with Taker? <laughs> no, he was <laughs> missing in action. I mean, Taker was here. No, he wasn't hanging out with Taker. He was Unless, here? He was here at the Medal of Honor. At oh. the, not here, but at Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining, like, at the training table. Just yeah, I know. I saw the excitement in your eyes. So. You saw that? It was a <laughs> twinkle. In he his didn't eye, even call actually. me. It's Russell Taker didn't you or nothing. Yeah, at damn it. So, Mike McCarthy is missing. Yeah. All right. Not missing. He's He, he was on the phone today. He said he was yesterday. I'm, I'm, I wrote my notes down. He said he was going back through the red zone offense today. <laughs> And said, well, not at the meeting. He was he's, he's watching film, man, trying to get better. There was only 28 guys in the picture, so there's four guys missing. There One were four of, guys missing? There was four guys missing. If you go back to the picture, there's 28 guys in the picture. So four guys were missing. Okay? Can you identify who those, who those individuals are, Chris? <laughs> Belichick? I know, I know three of them. Yes, Belichick was one. Belichick Dan- skips the breakfast usually. Yes, yeah. he, he never takes the picture. Okay. Uh, Dan Campbell, who just got announced to be on Hard Knocks, was not there. That's right. McCarthy, I don't know who the other one was. So, if okay. Tweet Rob if you know who the last one yeah, is. Yeah, everybody's only talking about Mike not being there. You know, but well. the, there was four people that weren't in the picture. So let's talk about Mike, okay? Let's Mike talk was, about Mike. Let's talk about Mike because Mike wasn't there, he wasn't and, and everybody is concerned. And obviously, Bella, uh, Coach Belichick has it has he knew what he infamous for not being at any of these things and skipping <laughs> them whenever. But for Coach Mike McCarthy, it kind of gives you the, I guess, the twinge of man, I am coaching my butt off. All right, look at me, I'm busy out here looking at red zone tape, and I am on the road. Is this a man that feels as though he is coaching for his football future here in Dallas? Because if you turn on the radio, if you read any of the articles, he is basically a lame duck in that there are other guys, won't say his name, that are going to be in TV this year that are waiting on him to just for his demise. So why are people so comfortable with disrespecting Coach Mike McCarthy? Oh, I, well, I mean mm. – the way the season ended, there's, I mean, like you said, there's as much frustration with the fan base as we've seen in a long time. Um, Cause it's just another year on top of the year since 95 when they got it done. Um, I, I think, I, yeah, I'm sure he feels pressure. I mean, it, this job you do everywhere. I don't know who doesn't except for maybe Belichick. Cause he can kind of do whatever he wants. He's a made man, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he absolutely does. And I think he is trying to show, he spoke to it on the call this morning. This is the biggest class, uh, draft class in a long time because of the COVID rules. They're trying to dive in, man. He's trying to be do whatever it takes to get back to where they were and not not fall short. So, um, Or he realizes he doesn't have any salary cap money to spend on free agents, and he has to do his homework uh, to find some, some jewels in the draft. There's that, too. And for, for, I mean, just asking you based off of your experience, is that something that most head coaches uh, do instead of their assistants, scouts, uh, that they're out there, boots on the ground, making these things happen? They're all working. 
I'll just say that. All coaches are working. He didn't miss that meeting because he was watching film. I'm not sure what the reason was, but I, can, I know for a fact it wasn't because he was watching film. They have these things called tablets nowadays. It's crazy technology. And they said they give them to you when you go on road trips and you have access to cloud. There's a thing called a cloud. Um, and you can pull down all the files that you really want to watch. So he can do that anywhere he wants to. Uh, I don't. So I, I don't know why he missed that meeting. Why are people hard on him? Well, he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys haven't won a championship in a very long time. Um, and that was probably the most stacked roster they've had since, I would say, that I played here back in 2007. I so agree with you. Uh, yeah. the fact that they missed on a huge opportunity, yeah, people are going to be all over his head, um, especially when you're in the limelight like he is. So at the beginning of the season with the roster that we saw, you, your expectations for the Dallas Cowboys were, were what? Oh, I mean, the NFC Championship was supposed to be just a, a seawalk. There's a seawalk through that, and then get to the playoffs and take care of business. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't, can't remember exactly what I said at that point in time in terms of I didn't have Super Bowl written over on their forehead, but I mean, I, I expect them to get past the first round. Yeah, at least, or to have the bye. I think for me, it's it's really weird to hear an NFL coach. That was co- yeah, that was sorry. That was huge. That the bye is where a lot of my weight was. Yeah, that's why I was very disappointed. Probably that. get that bye right. They needed the bye. But but just hearing the disrespect for him um, from, from from media media from okay. media, uh, <laughs> just basically saying that you know this year obviously wasn't the result that he wanted as a coach. Everyone sets their expectation on the Super Bowl, but let's just say hypothetically. Hypothetically, if Mike wasn't the coach of the Dallas Cowboys and it was Lincoln Riley, a coach like that, right? And he comes in, he goes six and ten his first season in the COVID year. You're probably giving him some grace because of the COVID year. But then coming back and getting a 12 and five, winning the division and going to the playoffs, having the same results, disappointing. Your expectation would be a lot different. Your, I guess, disappointment would be a lot different. Mike McCarthy is the fifth winningest coach active coach in the NFL. That's cool. And no one mentions that at all, the number of NFC games that he's played in, the, the Super Bowl that he has. Everyone else gets that mention besides him. And mm. I think that's the disrespect that I'm talking about. Well, that goes back to, you know, Green Bay and playing with Rodgers. And, you know, when you, when you have a quarterback who's a first ballot Hall of Famer that's kind of running things, like, you do get enough credit. You know, or is it just Aaron doing most of the work? So I think that's probably where it comes from. But yeah, I think the frustration too, like you just said, he's got he's got the resume, and that's they didn't bring in a, a young guy or a Dan Campbell to build with. It's to win now because, and and part because of his history, I can get teams to the Super Bowl, and that didn't happen. So yeah, I mean that's and, and that that like Isaiah said, I mean that is part of the job when you coach here. Like that is yeah. that is the expectation. He yeah. under he understands that. He's and, coming from Green Bay. It's just a bigger market. And people call for Mr. Jones to step down all the time. He got five dog on rings. You know what I'm saying? He got rings on rings. Yeah. And you know, but when's the last time he had one? It's been a minute. So people are calling for his head because they're like, oh the Cowboys, Cowboys aren't doing nothing. And he's the greatest, greatest owner in 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 NFL history, right? So I mean, people are going to call for your head if success doesn't follow. And it's coming off a roster as stacked as this one. And for them to lay an egg the way in which they did, yeah, there's going to be a ton of scrutiny, and very deservingly so. I, and maybe he's trying to send a message to his team by not coming out here. Because he did say, like, we saw the overtime rule, but there ha- there's not much that the coaches are doing this week. There's not a lot of voting going on this week in, compared to past spring meetings. And maybe he's trying to send a message like, I mean, we got captains' workouts going on out here. The, the off-season voluntary program starts next month. I'm here. I'm busting my ass. Ooh, Let's go. Okay, Rob. Pete. I'm just. I oh, mean, I'm talking about him or you. Oh well, yeah, I'm here yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Pete. I'm not working as hard as McCarthy. I promise you that. But we need to clip that, please. I'm here. I'm busting my. Mark that, Chris, please. <laughs> So aside from obvious the, the obvious things, he's out he's out on the road. He's finding guys. He he has his tablet out at all times. He's looking at the red zone. Alabama tomorrow. Alabama tomorrow. This guy is living out of a hotel room. Private jets. Which that's not unique, by the way. I've gone to that meeting in Florida and I've run into Jason Garrett. 10 years ago in the gift shop and he's like yeah headed down to Tuscaloosa tomorrow we're flying on the way home we're flying stopping there I mean that's what you do it's Alabama who doesn't go to that pro day but but no one ever questioned where Jason Garrett was I don't there were those were never tabloid front page that was that was never newsworthy what Jason Garrett was doing (laughs) 
What? The clapping convention. The clapping convention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, think about the difference. Right now, everyone's asking the question, where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? No one ever asked. While Jason was at Duke getting you know, clues in from Chichesky. No one ever asked what was happening. I'm just saying, like, why is it so different for for this guy? And what do you guys? Nothing is it is it nothing short of a Super Bowl yeah, yeah. that will that's save the, him? Are you? Is that where we are? That's the expectation. That's the expectation every year. But I'm just saying, like, th- literally, if we're sitting that's back, the hope. That's the hope. Every hope year. and expectation. I think the way, once the roster was set and people saw the product on the field and saw the culture change, and specifically on defense and how that it really rolled over into the offensive side of things, and saw the the early Kellen Moore who still had gifts in his bag, I think the expectation rose to at least second round of playoffs, first round of like NFC Championship, eh. First round playoffs, eh, okay, now we need to start talking about, okay, now we're talking about the NFC Championship, now we're talking about possibly going to Super Bowl. Like, that was the expectation once those first couple weeks kind of went by because you saw what this team was capable of and you saw how how um, the, how how the continuity was really coming together with those guys. So I don't care who the head coach is of the Dallas Cowboys right now. I don't, you, could, you could say any other names that, you know, that we know are out there right now, and I don't care if it's Sean McVay, it still would have been the same. I, I mean, if it, was, if it was a failure, it was a failure to launch. It was a failure to launch. Only home team to lose in the first round. Yeah. And that, you know, that's probably where it stems from mostly. But I, I, look, I, didn't, I did not have I didn't have Super Bowl expectations for this team yeah. going into the playoffs. I, re- I really did. Not, not expectations because I thought this was as balanced and, and competitive an NFC as we've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and San Francisco has championship medal, man, and they showed it. And they came within an eyelash of beating the Rams. Two weeks after that, they went to Green Bay. I didn't feel great about the Cowboys if they had to go to Green Bay. I didn't feel great about yep. them winning that game because they couldn't run the ball effectively yep. up there. And down the stretch, they couldn't run the ball. I, I can't get clapping convention out of my head. I don't even know. That was a good one. <laughs> was, a lot of technique involved. <laughs> a lot of technique. What? What? <laughs> So, over the last couple of weeks, yes. we have seen uh, some coaching vacancies get filled. Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys brought in Brian Schottenheimer, a guy that you are familiar with. I can't wait to hear what you think about that hire. Uh, who's coming on? He's replacing Ben McAdoo, who left for Carolina to be the offensive coordinator. And also Raina Stewart, who is the special teams assistant, uh, taking the place of Matt da- Daniels, who is now with the Vikings, and so just kind of giving giving uh, everyone some some information about those coaches uh, and why those uh, spots were actually filled. Rob, I'll, I'll come to you. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he, like you said, Stewart comes from Green Bay, so there's a history there, um, and, and you know, Fossil has had a a, a, a right hand guy, and um, in, in the past, so they were going to fill that spot. Uh, Matt Daniels was highly regarded here, uh, so wish him the best. Um, as far as Brian Schottenheimer, I think it's it's going to be similar to what Ben McAdoo here did here, and people are making a big deal out of this. Look, it's it's not Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn need help. No, I mean it's 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 a game planning addition. It's a guy that Mike McCarthy worked with from the moment he got in the NFL. I mean, he knew his dad. Um, Marty and worked with him in 98 in Kansas City and it's an opportunity for him to come here and help out I mean and be another set of eyes uh, for to help out some of the younger guys on the staff to help with the weekly game plans looking ahead stuff like that not a big deal Um, so that's 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 behind it it's funny that you mentioned coaching and the pressure on Mike McCarthy and I do think part of it is because it's going to have to come through coaching like we said like we They've they've made some some solid additions, a couple solid additions in free agency, but they still got holes to fill. It's not looking like it's going to be as deep of a roster. Coaching's got to bring that together. We saw what Dan Quinn did on defense last year. It's got to come through coaching and coaching guys up and guys taking another step forward. It, CeeDee Lamb taking another step forward. That's where it comes from on, on this roster. They, they, they're going to be better than they were last year. And these aren't coaching vacancies. This isn't a coaching position that they created. Uh, th- these were vacancies that yeah. they filled. And so I believe. Consultant role. Yeah. Consultant. And so yeah. Ben McAdoo's position was basically uh, following t- league trends and game planning. Uh, and, and so making sure that the team was, if there's a, a Sunday, Thursday game, that they are already up on who they're going up against next. That was uh, Ben McAdoo's job. What is it, Isaiah? 
<laughs> Isaiah has this look. So, yes, there is an assistant to the assistant. So this is the way we're putting this together, and this is the guy that's going to help Kellen Moore uh, right the ship and get this offense clicking, baby. Okay. Yeah. Okie doke. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of jobs in the NFL now. They just kind of make things. I, listen, he has a – a great resume in terms of places that he's been, experiences he's had, quarterbacks he's had the opportunity to work with. So I hope that he can come in and add something to that quarterback room. I hope that he can bring an element that Dak needs um, to help him with the development of his game. And maybe that that's a key portion to them putting them over the edge this year. You know, to your point, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to have the roster depth that they need, but maybe they have the coaching depth. Maybe the coaches are able to have that much more of an impact and it affects the product on the field. But I'm just I'm just baffled by these coaching positions that just keep getting created. To, to what you just described, every team has that without having that position as a of a coach. Every team has these the 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 offensive you know assistants and all that kind of stuff they work weeks in advance, weeks in advance. You could be in week one; they're breaking down week six. Like that's how far off it these guys are. Because by the time that game actually approaches, they're handing you a folder that has all way too much information in it. That has analytics broken down by personnel groupings on down and distance, third and third and one to three versus down and four to you know third and four or six. When this personnel versus this personnel grouping, this is the percentage they blitz. This I mean, like it's so much information. I don't even know how they do it. I would love to sit in and just learn for a second with a check, uh, <laughs> but. So, I mean, they just figured, they just found a role for him. They just wanted him on the staff, and they just created something. Now, with your experience, you obviously being a Seattle native, mm-hmm. what, do you, what, are your, what, have been, what has been your uh, observation of, of Schottenham? I don't have anything to add, honestly. I mean, he wasn't there when I was there. Uh, he was there later on in, a, you know, 2018, somewhere around there. Um, uh, he's had an opportunity to work with Russell Wilson, so I'm, I'm hoping that there's some things that, that he could take from that, um, you know, to bring over to help with uh, with Dak's game. You know, and that's I mean, ho- hopefully that's the element that he brings. I, I would assume that that's the leadership aspect that they're hoping to bring into that room to try to take some of that off. Maybe there's a, needs to be a buffer between Kellen Moore and Dak, whatever it may be. But hopefully he can be that guy that can be the doggone angel on Dak's shoulder to help him make good decisions. <laughs> and that angel, that he definitely needs that good angel uh, <laughs> on his shoulder. But the thing is, is that when you look at Brian Schottenheimer's uh, coaching record in 2018 when he was with Seattle, that was the year that Seattle was leading the league in rushing. I mean, which is a passing coordinator guy and all that. I think that's kind of a, you know. <laughs> this, is a, this is a play-action team, man. This is Absolutely, this is a play-action a... team. And I also like what you said about Russell Wilson. I think if I, I've always uh, had the equivalent of, a game like comparison mm. is always been between Dak and Russell, Russell yeah. uh, which I think Russell obviously has the uh, uh, incredible arm. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I think that that's the correlation between the two. He also had a stint uh, in Jacksonville, mm. but nothing about this bothers you guys from a bringing in new coaches, just status quo. You're basically saying that, look, this isn't anything new. This no. is what, you know, guys do anyway. Uh, but is, but does that set the table for what we've been talking about for Mike McCarthy? As you alluded to before like look this is going to be a coaching challenge and just like Dan Quinn uh, these guys are going to have to bring their level up uh, in order to keep I don't want to say keep their jobs but you know obviously elevate this team no look at the offensive line look at look Mm. at I mean they're going to have a new left guard whether it's a draft pick whether it's a stopgap veteran they're going to probably try to bring in some competition at center Um, they got to still got a young guy Terrence Steele who's the right tackle like that's They've got to take a step forward, and that's you know that's largely on Joe Philbin to to coach up that room. So um, it's a it's going to be a huge factor in 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 whether they can take another step forward because I still think there's talent on this team. We talked about like Jerry mentioned the ten to eleven guys. It's a fifty three man roster, and they were they were fortunate last year to have as much health as they did down the stretch. You can't count on being as healthy no, as they were. That was a dream. Uh, yeah, uh, in January for a future year. And so I love the question also that was asked uh, to Jerry about what you know we're doing in, in the draft. And his thing was, yeah, I'm doing offensive line unless there's a Micah or a CD <laughs> sitting there, uh, which 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 I don't believe any of it because you know they're they're going heading in a whole nother direction. But Mike, just just off the cuff, I got to ask at left guard, why isn't Connor McGovern 
been given much consideration there at, at left guard. I mean, everyone was 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 you know had the pom poms out for him mid mid season, and now that's all dissipated and going away. Come on, Isaiah, tell me something. That's your guy. That's huh? your guy. C Matt. That McGovern. I have nothing against McGovern. I think he's a good player. Uh, uh, was that a McLovin? I, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think you have to bring somebody in who's just either just was a, a complete dog in college. Like they're just like he has an attitude, like I'm a dog and I'm McNasty, and I don't care who stands in front of me. I don't care if it's in, they've been in the league for 10 years and I'm a rookie. You have to either bring in that type of guy that's just physically imposing, or you have to bring in a veteran who's a sure thing that can add to what you have going on um, to the left of him with, with, with a big, big Tyron and, you know, to the right of him, which will be obviously, um, I just blanked out. Uh, what's our center? Um, Tyler Biotis. Yeah, Biotis. Sure. So Biotis needs help. Biotis needs to – I don't think that we're going to see a replacement of Biotis. I just think that they're going to try to add somebody that's going to support him, right? I mean, he has somebody – he got a little limp to him right now, right? I think he needs somebody to oh, – oh, A yes, little kickstand. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now he'll be stable. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the old school table at the house that you had to put a little – you had to put a little piece of paper underneath because it was yeah. wobbly. You know, if you go to a restaurant, and you got to put the little folder. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. There you go. Hey, we got to fix our wobbly table wobbly, at center. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to always see him as a wobbly table. Thank you. Uh, a little coaster on him. He, I mean, he works. He just needs yeah. a little support. Yeah. Speaking of support, uh, we, we got a guy with two eights in the building. And, boy, those eights are starting to get heavy. heavy like a Chevy. Heavy. We're, we're Ford company. A Ford. We're Ford. Chevy. Yeah, Ford. Like, Ford. Like, yeah. We, yeah we, we pull stuff. That's right. In the Dooleys. In the Dooleys. And yeah. so he's going to have to pull that 88 around. Coming up next on TCT. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor expert and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more. Essilor back on Talking Cowboys as. You know, Isaiah slaps the mic from one side to another. We've I did been, not go as firm as Will Smith. We've been slapping for about 50 minutes already. <laughs> and uh, come on, let's just get it out of the His way. His hand was strong. It was a strong hand. Strong hand. <laughs> Very strong hand. Let's just, just, just get it out of the way. The, the walk up, let's ask this question, and we can move on. Who was more in the wrong, Chris Rock or Will Smith? 
it, it was so embarrassing. Period. It, it was. I, I don't. It, it you know, it's, it's really hard for me to. You like kind side, of place huh? it and pick a side. I just—it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. It was man. an embarrassment. Complete, you know. Yeah. But his disregard for Chris Rock's face at that point is just—you know—the the Batman follow through. Yeah, but that's what comedians that's good meme. do, though, right? <clears throat> I mean, that's that is that's that's Chris Rock. Yeah, there's that's a line. It's Chris there's Rock. A line. There's, there's a line. line. You assume that he knew she had that. Yes, I very much. You, that's you facts. Don't know. Facts. You don't know. He knew, did he know that? I, the word is the word is he didn't even write that. The writers wrote it. Oh. Oh. He got slapped for something somebody else yes, wrote? Yeah. Oh, that's insulting. That's I'd be yeah. so upset about that. Hey, but the technique was flawless. If you're going to slap somebody, that is the proper way to slap somebody. That so, was I seen that in the hood growing up. This is true, I'm sure. <laughs> this, this is a thing that has happened a lot. But here's the question, P. Has anyone ever walked up and slapped you in your face? Ooh. Um, Have you ever been slapped in your life, Rob? Not slapped. You've been mushed? Not mushed. I've been booped. Oh, oh, you got a boop. <laughs> since oh, we're on what? the since we're on the super. Oh, since, I'm sorry. What was it? Sorry. Since we're on the super bad <laughs> train here. I'll beat somebody else. They boop, boop, boop me. <laughs> do, do I need to dump this? No. no. No, it's McLovin. No, it's not McLovin. It's the other two guys. Wait a minute. I mean, how does that go? What do you do after that? I mean, worse than slap or a boop. (laughs) That's a loving thing. That's not a. That's not a. That's that's not fighting. No, the boop is. The boop might be more disrespectful than a slap. I actually one time. uh, (laughs) Uh oh. I accidentally slapped a guy playing basketball. It was an accidental slap. I went to go upside the head, kind of. Like, like whoops upside the head? Yeah, kind of like Billy Hoyle style, yeah, you know, yeah. and I I went low. Wow. And wow. the guy just laughed at me. He just laughed. I thought I was going to get my ass <laughs> kicked, but he just laughed at me. He didn't, yeah. he, he so didn't, I don't think I've ever been slapped. So he didn't boop you? No boop. No boop. Have Boops you ever been slapped? Boop, boop is love. Heck. Wow. Have you been Have you been slapped? Man, let me tell you. You somebody will need a doctor, and I will need a lawyer. Don't. Yeah. That's not. That's not the business. <laughs> yeah. That's not the business. And I think you know what. For what about Christian, y'all? That's what I'm nah, just saying. Like that's. Slapped, I've been no? look, man. Not that's. Uh, I don't even know a finger. I don't even know a finger in the face. A finger in the face to get your finger dislocated. Oh, yeah. But you know that's just one of those things where you <laughs> slap somebody. It's so disrespectful. One, it is to sl- to slap, slap anybody. But one. we knew he was a slapper. We, we knew did? he was a slapper when we he did? was on a red carpet and, and, yeah. and the, and yeah, the foreign dude tried out. to yeah. kiss him. Yeah, he slapped that guy, yeah. and then he slapped somebody. And he slapped what's your name in Hitch. He's a slapper. But he's, yeah. but the I po- didn't know that. Yeah, he's no. a slapper. Yeah, he is. I haven't oh, seen all. Go back and check that out. Habitual slapper. The guy who kissed him in the mouth. He. Yeah, Let, he, it was a backhand slap. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was a backhand slap. I mean, that's the guy that you, yeah, hey, that's you give the McLovin to right there, baby, because that, <laughs> that's not a boot. I mean, I just look, man, I, I will say this and, and end, end yeah, it all. We got to go, yeah. Uh, is that Chris Rock showed a lot of restraint. He did. Uh, by, by staying on code and still handing well, out wait, the award after that being was, slapped. That was impressive. You could tell, like. Right in the moment, people thought, "Was this? Is this a joke?" Until but he you started could, talking. But you, yeah, you could tell with his reaction, like it wasn't. But we talked in the break, like they're gonna take his Oscar away. Yeah, from they us? will. I mean, I hope not. They will. Uh, I mean, uh, it, was, it was gonna suck, but they will. They have to. <sighs> Set an example. Yeah. And speaking of setting an example, we have a guy here in the building mm. that has, man, what an undertaking he has with <laughs> probably the biggest number on the team wearing number 88. And the pressure is right on him, uh, especially now with Amari Cooper being in Cleveland. You alluded, you talked to talked about it as just saying that, look, the team was going to make this decision to move on from Cooper anyway yeah. to allow uh, for C.D. Lamb to have the opportunity Opportunity to be a number one receiver, but Isaiah, I've got to ask you, mm-hmm. in your observation of Sidarius Lamb mm. and the job that he did, and obviously his coming out this year being an 1,100-yard receiver, do you think he is ready for the weight of being a number one receiver? No. Um, let me pick my words wisely. I don't think that he's ready to be a number one. I'm not sure if his confidence level is there yet. Not to say that he won't be there relatively soon. But I also don't believe that anyone, anyone, and I don't think CD, I'm going to say this now. 
<laughs> CD. <laughs> what is that? At this date, on this date, yes. as of right now, okay? But tonight was the 29th, right? Yes. I don't think that there will be a number one receiver that will sign a big contract here in Dallas with this leadership. Hmm. Reason being, they just prove to you what they do with number one receivers. Number one receivers don't have value here. Number one receivers don't have any reign here because we're not going to feed you like a number one. We're not going to feature you like a number one. They just showed you that. We, we, there was no conversation about Coop's inabilities at any point in time. There's been no discussion about what Coop can't do. Coop can't run routes. He does an amazing job with routes. Coop lost a step. He definitely didn't lose a step. Coop can't get off the ball. He definitely gets off the ball. Is he dropping balls? Nope. He caught the ball. So isn't that what number ones do? So if you're a number one, that's what Coop was, a true number one, they just got rid of you, right? So now what's the incentive now for anybody to honestly be titled a true number one? I think he's going to be a highly valuable player for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be somebody that's very dependable, somebody that they're, that, that they're relying on heavily. But to say that he's a number one, I, then at that point in time, I had to put him in the context of a Tyreek Hill and a Devontae Adams. And right, everybody else, exactly. And I don't think he's that. You don't think he's you that? You think he can get there? I like, think with he, his physical skill set, I can think he, get he can, just not here. Because of the way they run offense? Yes. Uh, do you think they'd be willing? Because they got to take out. I mean, Mike's here. He's working. Do you think they're taking a hard look at this potentially and being like, we have to change what we do schematically? We, schematically, yeah. we feature receivers. And like I spoke earlier, okay, we're not going to pay both guys. We think CD can be that guy. That's why we're making this transition away from Amari. But we need to, in the future, if we think CD can be that guy, we have to feature him more that when way. I say, as of right now, CD's a really good receiver. Okay, But when I think about number one receivers, you have to do something exceptionally well. You have to be exceptionally fast, Tyreek Hill. You have to be exceptionally quick. Tyreek Hill, uh, Renfro, right? Yeah. Or route runners, okay? You start talking about, you know, the Cooper Cups of these world were just exceptional route runners, right? They're not gonna, they don't have any other amazing, crazy attributes, but they're going to run a heck of a route and they're going to catch the ball. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, yeah, guys like this, right? There's not one attribute that CD currently possesses that is that dominant. Now, collectively, he's a really good receiver. He's not going to blaze by anybody off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have an just. He's not just an amazing route runner at this point in time. He's a good route runner. He's not an amazing route runner, right? Um, he doesn't. He hasn't caught the ball consistently, right? So you start looking at the attributes of a number one receiver. He hasn't put that together yet, and I think that he will relatively quickly. He's got to figure it out. But again, I'm not sure if that's going to be the opportunity here in Dallas, just because of what they're telling you right now. We're a system team. You know, it was, what's hard for me to, to wrap my head around is what you're saying about him not being here or not getting paid here when Amari Cooper got paid here. He got paid. He signed a large contract, and obviously uh, the door opened up just for C.D. Lamb to get signed, and all of a sudden this wide receiver room is, is crowded. Uh, I guess where I'm coming from, from a scheme standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, with the way that Kellen Moore is calling this offense, and there won't be an opportunity now for teams to say, we're going to bracket coverage on one of your guys. How does that open up the offense now being that, you know, look, Mike G may not be back for the beginning of the season, but let's just say hypothetically he is. You have James Washington, and you have a draft pick, and other guys uh, that will be there as well. You don't think that he can carry the weight in a scheme where it's not even calling for him to be, quote, unquote, that lead dog me, that you're, that you're let saying. Let me ask you guys this. And I'm, you guys know I'm a straight shooter, straight and no chase. Yeah. Do you guys think that you have to double team C.D. Lamb right now? No. No, I mean, it hasn't been proven like like Amari, although Amari yeah. didn't get a ton of double team, which is why, which is why the production they, was surprising. If they would have threw him the ball, yeah, you better double team Amari Cooper. Right? Tyreek Hill, you better freaking double team him. Devontae Adams, you better double team him. All the number ones, you better double team him. Otherwise, they will single-handedly wreck you. CD hasn't stepped into that circle yet. Yet. Uh, and, and I know, I know it's just training camp. And I know I've told myself personally, like, don't overreact to everything you see at training camp. But I just know, you know, 30 days in Oxnard, just watching him every day, it was like, man, this guy could be a star. Oh, yeah, he can be. And yeah. and it, it hasn't shown, although these numbers, and I know they're just numbers. But they do jump out at you. I, I didn't realize this. This is from Mickey's column. 153 catches in his first two years are a franchise most. 
and he's the first Cowboys receiver to get at least a thousand in each of his first two seasons. I mean, he's put up numbers. Yeah. It's just it. There's consistency. He's had some drops, uh, and he hasn't been asked to. He hasn't been asked to be the guy. Correct. Yet. So. But now that he yeah, but, is, but the opportunities that he has had to be the number one guy, we didn't see. The, we were, there was a couple opportunities this year where we we're like, all right, this is this is it, and then. And all of that, all of that, I think, has been overshadowed, overshadowed by how they have used these guys yeah, in concert with one another. That, but the numbers don't lie. Based off of what you're saying, and this is a franchise that's been around for a very long time, for him to set those first mm-hmm. says a lot about his talent. You asked me the question about him being double team, and I, I say no because, like Rob said, I just hadn't seen it yet. But in the game, like let's say, for instance, in the Patriots game, the overtime, the walk-off touchdown, mm-hmm. you see right there, I mean, he's by himself, oh. superior route ran and touchdown we saw in his in his rookie season when you use him at the slot position what he's able to do slot position is one where man this is a guy that can expose your defense if you put him in the slot do you think that that's where Kellen Moore is putting his attention if if there is if you're going to use this guy to his full potential that's where it has to be that's the question will CD Lamb reach his full potential here in Dallas and Currently under this regime, because I, I don't know everybody's going to say that. Isaiah said CD can't. I didn't say it. I'm saying where he's not yet. All right. I say I, CD is fully capable as a player to be a number one receiver in this league. Absolutely. Within this system, he's, he's, he's restricted. If you're Kellen Moore, are you saying to yourself, it's time to change? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. I hope so. Because imminently, that's where the rubber meets road yeah. is in him changing his philosophy on how he uses it. But if yeah, you cha- yeah. but if you're gonna, if you're willing to change your philosophy, then why'd you let Coop go? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, because I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think well, that was that was my kind of hypothetical or whatever. Devil's advocate is that can we just if we're just gonna pay one, let's go with the younger guy, our draft pick, and. But moving forward, we need to change how we do things, and he's got to be featured because I I don't I don't think you can run it back the way they did it and just kind of try to spread it around and work underneath with Schultz and that's going to get it done. I mean, especially if you can't run the ball, um, I, I don't think that they've got to they've got to find a way to feature their top guy more. I I'm I'm with you guys on that one. Well, look, speaking of that, I mean, in closing this whole thing out, guys, this is going to be the first time that we go to Oxnard where. Our offensive line isn't the strength of our team. Mm. And so talk about news flash and mm. so much work to do. There's gaps. There are still gaping holes left to be filled for the Dallas Cowboys as the offseason rages on. We'll be back in the building next Tuesday. And Kyle Yeomans, this will be your spot. It will be waiting for you, brother. Ooh. So Lorena's family, please don't put him in the Hudson. All right? <laughs> but we did our thing today. Ballin' TCT, baby! <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!